2: Janet is Michelle Willis. Michelle Willis uh, wrote that, and uh, is so startlingly talented. I don't even know where to. I don't even know where to start. She's probably one of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. Of all, ever, anybody. One of the very best. One of the top handful. I'm talking about. I live in the same world with. Tony and Aretha and Bonnie and women who can sing. She's in that league. She's that good. She's unbelievably talented singer. She also can write. She also plays this wonderful funky piano. She's a uh, she's a brilliant keyboardist, brilliant, brilliant writer, brilliant woman, and uh, she. Uh, we begged her for that song she wanted to save it for her record but we begged to plead it because it's just so strong it's such a wonderful song she kicks ass in it and the vocal stuff that we did on that song is freaking terrifying we did stuff in there i don't i've never heard anybody else do she won't cop to who she who she wrote it to you know she's like you figure it out it means whatever you think it means dear Sunday.
3: Get your right here. Get your Get your hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. That voice you just heard was David Crosby doing a better intro for today's guest than I could probably ever dream up. And my name is Cory O'Flanagan, your host. As always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. thank you so much for being here today if you want to kindly take a couple minutes and leave us a nice five-star review whether it's on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you are listening we'd certainly appreciate that it definitely helps us as we continue to try and grow and bring more great musical guests like michelle willis into your ears and into your worlds as mr crosby did such a better job than i could i am going to leave that intro to him and I'll just say, enjoy the show. Song Facts Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, I recently had a parent who... Battled cancer and unfortunately, she lost not too long ago a couple years now. But throughout that, there were definitely ups and downs in my personal life, and I relied a lot on therapy. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Well, the good news is, and I can attest to this, is that therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's really whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're just feeling insecure in relationships or maybe something's going on at work and you're just having a hard time dealing with the stress. Whatever you need, it really is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and just start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. We all do. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's really a lot more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours, which is pretty remarkable. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is all about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset and a special offer to SongFacts Podcast listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash songfacts. That's better h dot songfacts. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast and have a lovely, lovely day. Okay, so Michelle has an amazing um, new album, and I got to listen to it top to bottom this morning. It really is phenomenal. It's called Just One Voice. It's going to be out on April 8th, and I always like the idea of like song order and stuff like this. This just kind of caught me because I was having a cup of coffee. It was early on my drive up to the mountains this morning, and it just opens up with this very airy, relaxing, kind of meditative vocal I don't even know what you would call it but I loved it and then like bam song two Liberty comes in funky bass energies right back there so what drew you to kind of build in this contrast to the to this album
0: sequencing is always like this it's the final puzzle it's the last uh well I guess it's it's like the second last musical decision you get to make uh, before mastering, and you kind of do it while mastering sometimes as well. And uh, and sequencing is, a, I'm sure you know, but for anyone who might not know, is the is term that you use to describe that process of the order of tracks. Yeah. And um, I don't, I actually didn't think about the fact that Uh, Those two are so different, more so that I thought I that I called that tense is just an interlude, although it's like a four minute interlude. (laughs) (laughs) So is um, the song Think Well, is also called an interlude, but it's like three or four minutes. Um, And I wanted to start with that one because it is it's such a uh, it's it is meditative and it does get you into this place of like oh okay i'm i'm it, it, it's not just a song not that songs by themselves aren't enough but um it does it does set the stage for something that uh i liked
3: and that was intentional
0: oh 100% yeah i wa- i wanted that to be the, the the starter so that people don't listen to this record and think Great. We're going to, this is just going to be a bunch of bangers. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It won't be.
3: Just you and Skrillex.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the, and the going straight into Liberty, we did that on the live record. Um, We went from 10th straight into Liberty and it felt so good. Mm -hmm. Um, It just worked. And, and there is a lot of, you know, uh, there is a lot of groove focus, I guess you could say, on on this album. Definitely. Um, Fab, when we first got together, Fab DuPont is the, the guy who co-produced it with me, and he really liked, um, he was leaning more towards the kind of like whirly trio as the the, the kind of nucleus of, of this, and eventually we brought it out into more of this sort of palette of, this. so you'll hear the difference between like the, the, the kind of two sounds on the record, because something like Liberty is really you really feel that rhythm section. Oh yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Same thing with Green, Grey. Um, uh, to a degree, how come, Janet? Sometimes, yeah. But, but songs like uh, On and On or Black Night towards the end of the record, it's far more like paintery. Yeah. And, um, and this kind of m- melting darkness. In behind my voice which is uh i think those are like the bab and i's two worlds coming together
3: anyway is that is that an interesting thing with co-producing is meshing these two different maybe philosophies and can it do you feel like that helped you expand as a musician as you were going through the process of making this
0: i mean uh any project i'm ever a part of if i'm leading it if i'm co-producing it if i'm being produced or if i'm Working on someone else's record with them, um, it's it's like relationships in general. It's yeah, you like learn so much, and everything is always a little bit different, or really, really different. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing that Fab and I learned was, or maybe we knew, but we <laughs> just relearned. Um, words mean different things to different people. <laughs> and i think it took us about six months to be like oh so when you say this you mean this sound and when i say it i mean that sound and we uh, had just we'd had about six months of why does this sound like this
3: yeah <laughs> okay that kind of sounds like the first year of marriage yeah, um, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, um okay so the first single you already mentioned the song is uh was green gray
0: some you, your colors been creeping in, flirting in shadow, painting light on an old tin. Every line you draw I bend, every glance you give I lay a grey shades waiting
3: on your And I really like this song for a variety of reasons. One, it's funky. I always love some funk. Um and then two, just great harmonies that I really decided to go back and listen to that song like two or three times in a row just because these harmonies kind of come and weave and they're complex and i i I really like that kind of thing and i like the idea of the thought process that went behind it to be able to make that happen on the record so
1: um
3: what can you tell us just kind of i guess the third thing i would say is i feel like that song has such strong dynamics like there's an ebb and flow throughout it and a softness. And then it kind of that funk comes back mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of dynamics, especially like in a live music setting. And so I'm just wondering what you can tell us about the making of this and especially kind of those harmonies.
0: The vocal harmonies. Yeah. Um, I mean, the vocal stuff is just my love. I, I love having singers doubling and you know, lot, lots of stacks behind my Do you voice. hear
3: that as you're writing the song originally?
0: Um, Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. within the process of demoing it, I just try a million different things and see what, you know, I'll be like working on it in the DAW and then go make breakfast or something. And <laughs> while I'm doing that, I hear something else. And so I go track that and then realize and then while i'm tracking it, i'm like oh no but i'll do this and i get really carried away and then i walk away and i i'm like "Nah, that didn't actually work and what i'm hearing in my head is actually yeah, you know, just like a, just a lot of that going back yeah. and forth experimenting um i'm not sure really what else to say I, 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 I'm... is there a spot in particular that you're you're thinking of
3: within the song yeah. So I wish that I could like I should have made a timestamp on it because there is this section and I it, I know that it's somewhat towards the middle it's probably yeah. <laughs> around 90 seconds in. But it's just like this your voice just singing the song and then I just felt like these harmonies kind of came up and out of nowhere. And I don't know what it was exactly but it just kind of caught me and I was like I need to go back and listen to that because it's hard to you have to listen to a song multiple times to really try and get your ear to listen to like, Ooh, what were the drums doing? I didn't even really listen to the drums the last time I listened. And so sure. like, that's how I like to go through and listen to albums. Um, and I, yeah, I wish I should have timestamped it for you. And if you're listening, I did not know that Michelle was sitting at a piano or a oh. keyboard or wherever she is right now. And this is just phenomenal. The yeah. same thing happened when I I got to interview who someone who had just recently discovered, you might be friends with Elizabeth Ziman. She's one of my best friends. She is incredible and just so talented and i'm just so lucky to have been able to talk to both of you now and you guys obviously probably hang out because you're in similar parts of town
0: where she's one of my only friends that's walkable distance (laughs) you can walk anywhere but but we're we're within like a 30 minute walk to each other which in brooklyn is is uh especially i mean i'm in sunset park brooklyn so it's it's low yeah
3: (laughs) Um, how did your um how did your duet with taylor ashton in the song trigger come to be without a foe
0: inside
1: yeah you're a trigger just wait
3: I'm, I'm always wondering about that. Like, did you guys know each other beforehand?
0: Yeah. Taylor okay. is Canadian. Where Are you in Canada?
3: I, do, does it sound like it? Because I'm from northern Wisconsin.
0: Okay. You have a little bit of the, the Canadian.
3: You get oh. some wine in me and that will, that'll <laughs> oh, come <cool>. out.
0: <laughs> um, no. So Taylor's Canadian, but uh, he's from BC, but he's moved. He moved all over Canada and I'm Canadian and uh, grew up in Toronto, but um, I met him just before he moved to Brooklyn. He played a show that I will never, it's emblazoned in my head. He played this song called Fortnite, which is off of his now most recent record called the romantic. And um, he played banjo and sang with a drummer friend of ours. And I was just mesmerized the wordplay that he employs his voice is so um, it's like present and rich, but also kind of wiry and um, ragged sometimes Mm -hmm. in the most pleasing way. And, uh, and I never heard him before then. And I, I, from then on, I was an ardent fan and, and um, we ended up meeting up, becoming friends. I don't know. I met him like a week later for coffee and then he moved to New York. Um, And so when I, when I moved to New York, we, we ended up gradually, it was like, Oh yeah, there's my Canadian friend Taylor. And here's me and here's my friends. And we both live in Brooklyn. And then gradually all of our friend circles started to become enmeshed again. And when I started working on this song and I, yeah, I was also looking for opportunities to invite other people to, on this record and be featured, and and, uh, Trigger was a perfect um, setting for that because it was originally written, you know, I was thinking of certain people when I wrote it, but I also thought of how it, when I look at it, it's also a song to myself, and um, I liked the idea that having another person made it it's like two people calling each other out, but for the same things Yeah, in, in the same way that I'm calling someone else out. It's actually my own shit that I need to okay. And, um, so yeah, he was just perfect for that. And, um, uh, yeah.
3: So was there ever any, um, thought behind like, Oh God, I just absolutely love his voice, but what if we go in and sing together and we don't like it? Or do you just like say, no, we're both phenomenal singers. We'll make this shit work.
0: (laughs) I mean, I always have that. There's always that fear of hiring somebody that you really respect. And and certainly, especially when they're your friend, uh, that you're like, you're definitely going to talk to them afterwards. It's like, you know, sometimes you hire someone and and you really respect them. And then they they work on your thing and, and you're like, Thank you so much. Goodbye. And then you use the thing and you never talk to that person again. And it's, it, it's weird, but it's fine. But when they're your friend, you really don't want that to happen. Um, Taylor, no, I didn't worry about that because we had we had worked on the song together in another iteration. I actually tried to record that song um, a few years ago as a single. OK. And I I just was a terrible project manager and um it, I, I, I lost a lot of money in, in a single day trying to make this song happen, and it just didn't... But it wasn't Taylor's fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> long story long, I knew Taylor was going to kill it. And also, I love his banjo playing. It's very unique, um, which is an oxymoron. Very unique. It's just unique. Uh, he yeah. <laughs> he plays it in a way that I, no one else I know does. It's 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 just so him... And has such a distinct character. So I, we ended up only using his his banjo towards the end. You really only start to hear it in that outro. Mm-hmm. Again,
3: well, quite the guest list on this album. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering what what I think of when I like started reading through this, and it's like, oh, they're on this track. Is I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, Michelle in. Let's go 10 years back. Let's go 2012, Michelle Willis. Mm -hmm. And you, someone comes up to you and says, in 10 years, you're going to have David Crosby, Michael McDonald play on an album of your songs. What does Michelle (laughs) Willis in 2012 say to that person?
0: (laughs) Michelle Willis in 2012 was in a band called three meter day with two incredible musicians from Toronto, Don Rook and Hugh Marsh. And I feel like uh I 2012 Michelle Willis would like freak out like a little kid (laughs) and like maybe dance around and cry a little and then be like no 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 really (laughs) at the same time I think that they're like the older that I get every year that I grew and was continuing to work on music and continuing to work with people that um, I found to be totally magical. And I think there's always been this little part of me that was like, I can do that. I can do that. And
3: oh, I I'd like can- to hear that.
0: I can, like, those people that are really good, I, I know I can do that. And I don't say that to say that I'm great or anything. I just, it, there was just this part of my psyche that I, I the more that I expand and, and grow and meet people and play with people, the more that voice is just kind of there and it's just like, you can do this
3: like the you belong thing rather than just like the, the doubt. Like, cause I think a lot of people would be like maybe in that studio and just like, I don't fucking belong here.
2: I
0: definitely have that all the time. It's, <laughs> uh, there's a term uh, imposter syndrome.
3: Okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: 100%. And, and I, I felt that even, you know, I've been playing with Cros now for uh, David Crosby for since I moved to 2016 and I 100% feel imposter syndrome and have in his band and multiple tours now. But it's just—it's not like it goes away completely, or that if you feel a, a voice in yourself that says I can do this, that if you feel that 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 thing doesn't—that ex- the imposter syndrome goes away—they yeah. just. Just simultaneously.
3: Well, I think that that's like fair. I think like if you are sitting there and feeling that imposter syndrome and then that next thought that pops in your head is like, why, why not me? If it's not mm-hmm. me standing here right now, who would it be? So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a healthy place to be to both have kind of that doubt, but also like that thing of like, well, I'm here, I'm here. So there must yeah. be something going on.
0: Yeah. Or, or it's like, <laughs> I'm here. So just do it. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it. it's 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 taking me so long and I'm again it's not like I'm like I've arrived everything (laughs) um but I at some point because I was having because actually Cross is a perfect example because he just kept making me improvise and it is terrifying for me to improvise I went to jazz school I studied piano you know I like I've been trained in improvisation and i find it one of the most beautiful and holistic human, deeply spiritual things. And I think that everyone should learn how to improvise because it is a life uh, skill. Yeah. However, it terrifies me. And I just get all frozen and, and, and cross. I used to have like one solo in Deja Vu. And by the end of the last tour we did before COVID hit, I had like, four solos and one of them was like a keyboard battle with his son James who's our music director and he'd be soloing on an organ and I'd be like "Ah, ah, ah." I was like that actually if you told me that I would be more shocked
3: okay that's an interesting thing like getting into more of the detail of it
0: yeah you'll be having (laughs) keyboard battle solos on stage in front of 2,000 people (laughs) surprises me
3: Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast. Right after this. Okay, I really like that kind of stuff. Like that. That's that's why we're here. Um, I want to dive a little bit more. So I'm. I'm gonna just say when in 20 the summer of 2020, I was like mm-hmm. in northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Everything was locked down. My dad's older. My grandma's obviously older than that. I was my wife and I were there to like help them through everything, like shop for them, just try and mm-hmm. keep them safe. So I was fortunate enough to be up there to be able to do that. But at the same time, I had a lot of time on my hands because there ain't shit to do in Northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And so I started reading mm-hmm. and then I just dove into David Crosby and mm-hmm. wrote, 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 ugh, read like three of his biographies and I was just like amazed by this man for some reason I don't know what it was I just got fixated for like a month and so when I realized that you guys had this connection I was like scourging the internet this morning or this afternoon right before we dropped on looking for something these connections and stuff and I found the most ridiculous quote and I'm so curious if (sighs) you've heard this quote and I, I, I can't wait to see your reaction. But I found this video on Facebook and, and Krause says, Michelle Willis is so startlingly talented. I don't even know where to start. And then he goes on to say, she's probably one of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. And then he goes on to put you in the same category as uh, Joni, as Aretha and, um, and Reba. And I was just like, you got, like, how does, what does Michelle Willis think of that quote coming from David Crosby right now?
0: He is. um uh,
3: <laughs> That's fine. Do you, let me give you a little bit from, because that's a big thing to wrap your head around coming from someone like that. What is something that with your time with him and his experience and his all the people that he's performed with, everything that he's been through in his life, what's something that you've learned about music? And then just like, I think that a lot of people think creativity is a younger person's thing. And I think if anybody has proven that wrong in the last five years, it's David Crosby. So what kind of inspiration does that give you as you kind of pursue into your career further? Crosby
0: is living proof that no matter how tired or in pain or old or whatever you want to say that you are, uh, it's all about spirit and seizing the moment.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, That man works. Uh, Yeah. I mean, who else do you know? I don't know anyone else who has made six records in six years.
3: No. At the quality.
0: At 80 years old. Yeah. (laughs) He puts all of us to shame. He's always ready to go. He's always ready to go. And his whole life as a musician and songwriter has been, to my knowledge, and I, I haven't read his biographies and I don't want to. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I just I, I'm just going to find out I mean I find out so many things It's okay to-
3: Michelle th- There's 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 an unwritten one yet And you're a part of those chapters Which is just <laughs> oh, Gotta but- be crazy to think about But that's awesome
0: Yeah the, the, there's a The biography world Just reveals lots of Other sides of ourselves um, What am I saying I think that Cross, um, has his childlike, like truly childlike, like a puppy spirit about music. And he believes in it so hard. I don't, I don't believe in it nearly as much as he does Hmm. most days. And I really believe in music, but he puts his life on it. And I mean, it, it, that alone has been so important to me um, over the last number of years. When we're writing, it's always like, you have an idea now? Let's do it now. What do you, yeah. What are you, of course, like write it down. <laughs> That's sounds, why don't we try this? Hey, did you think of this? Hey, like, it's just, it's, it's also, it's that same moment with Ohio. It's like. And, and who knows what the story really was like, you know. Exactly. So can tell that story and w- whatever, but my um, my awareness of it is Neil's writing, or someone, I either David gives him the magazine, someone gave Neil the magazine, t- showing him what had happened, and Neil starts writing this song, and however many minutes or hours later, calls, calls the studio and is like, the time we got to go yeah you know it's that it's that urgency and it's it's that it is life or death it's like get this down now put it out tomorrow like I am so slow I'm such a slow person in general in so many ways and um and but that kind of urgency is very special and uh there's so many things that I've learned about him I mean he's such a magnanimous huge character on stage it's like there's no it's undeniable why he is who he is when you see him on stage he just like roars yeah lives there he's like he like comes alive in the light on stage he's incredible
3: oh, I really love that thank you for just letting us go there with you because mm-hmm. I, I think that you know we get to like just witness these things and the, you know you go to concerts and you can sense when you're when the when the band's connected and the audience is like involved with it and like everybody is just vibing and stuff like that but i there's always stuff going on within the band mm. that we don't get to see and witness and feel as much as you guys do and so that's something that I'm really like, I'm, I'm so hopeful. I know that I, if, if you don't follow David Crosby and you're on Twitter, follow him because he's just an amazing, amazing Twitter follow. But somebody
0: recently, sorry to cut you go, off, go, go. Somebody recently shared a photo of a drawing, like a digital drawing with him of like this alien giving birth and like another kind of weird man <laughs> around, like holding the, the baby in the belly and it was, it it was, it looked like a, like an anime or something like this. And, and uh somebody said, my son drew this um painting, you know, w- will you consider using it as your album cover? And Cross just wrote,
3: Nope.
2: <laughs> that's what he's
3: so best. He's so succinct and he's so direct. And I absolutely love it. And that's why I'm just like, what does he like? Like, do you guys get done playing a song in front of like a Red Rocks audience? And he just is like hand over the mic, like, guys, that fucking was terrible. Pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's what I imagine. <laughs> <would it>, uh... <laughs> that's okay. We'll leave that out in the ether. I want to get back to um to this amazing album. Michelle Willis, thank you so much for your time. Just one voice, everybody. April 8th. Yeah. I wanna talk about the song Janet, because this kind of links us with Kroz. Because there's something else that I saw him say that he kind of fought you over having that he wanted this song, and that's I saw it, I don't know he said something like that as part of this quote that I found, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. So talk to me about Janet. Where did this song come from, and then how did it end up on your album? Uh, we never fought over this song. Well, you know, maybe verbal, maybe verbal punches. No,
0: not at all. <laughs> He's never been like, um, what's the word, like territorial about yeah. um, if you know one of us wrote a song and wanted to re-record it. Okay. He'll always say he likes his version better, of course. But well, yeah, <laughs> blame for that. Um, but that uh, song I wrote years ago before I even moved here. But you know, you write it and you don't record it, so then you have years of just like, yeah, mm, me this way um so i really kind of had finished it and and had demoed a version of it um around the time we were making the here if you listen record and um we were close to the end of of writing at that point it was myself becca stevens mike league and cross and um two songs came out of uh, out of the end of that of that session and i would say both of them Probably wouldn't have been added if it weren't for Becca um, speaking up on my behalf. One, at one point, she was like, you, can you play them that song that you played for me the other day? And I had played her this demo that I had made of Janet. And um, yeah, that was that. I, I played them the demo, and, and they all really loved it. So we, we worked it out as a quartet. And I, I really liked it in that setting, too, in the quartet setting. I think that's like good version of it yeah um
3: if i've got you in front of a microphone and a keyboard can i get a taste
0: sure 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 yeah yeah she took
3: Thank you so much. So this brings me into, this gets me so excited because I, are you touring behind this album? Do you get tour dates lined up yet?
0: We, not much. We, we've we got a, like a promo tour in Europe happening right after the record comes out and then it'll all end. Um, what we have right now is going to end uh, in Miami um, at the ground up music festival, which is ground up music is the label that I'm on. And they host a festival every year in Miami. Oh, lovely. So we'll be there. Um, but there's definitely lots of plans um, to do West Coast, U.S., and go back to Europe, and, and then hopefully East Coast, U.S., and Canada in the fall.
3: Oh, I cannot wait. I will keep my eyes open for that. I hope everyone else does, too. I have one more question for you, and I'm going to let you get on with your merry way. Um, and I just want to say before I get to this question, is can we get you and your friend Elizabeth on and just to write an album together. Like you guys are just amazing. How I feel like that would just be like one of the most incredible compilations of music I've listened to recently.
0: Oh my God. It's like a dream. And also I think we would both like if Elizabeth were here, we would just sort of look at each other and laugh. (laughs) I I really wonder. I, I have, I have just spent so many hours of my life listening to Elizabeth's music. And and only, I only knew her music once I met her. Um, she was opening for a guy that I was playing with on the road uh, about seven years ago. This guy named Royal Wood. He's a great musician, songwriter from Canada. And um, Elizabeth was opening for him and that's where we met. And you know, a month later I moved to New York. Okay. neighbors. So I then just dove into her music and I'm just like, I'm a forever fan and she's also one of my closest friends now. And she's got such a beautiful compassion for what it is to be human and yeah. she sees the world in on like it just in her way. It's I uh, I love her songwriting and I love her playing and her harmony sense and um so
3: She seems I, like one of those open vessels, like yeah, you just give her an instrument and it just pours out of her and it's it's yeah. mindless
0: yeah it yeah she yeah she she that. writes all the time she's always she's always just like ready to she's like cries actually in that same way yeah she, this is really inspiring okay <laughs> meanwhile i'm like i'm hungry yeah so, <laughs> back in three hours yeah
3: after I cook all this stuff from scratch. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start chopping veggies. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Um, Okay, so we kind of touched on this a little bit before, but I wanted to just kind of circle back to the idea because every project, no matter what it is, writing an album, if you've got a project at work, if you go on vacation, call that a project, whatever it is, everything's unique. And I'm always wondering if there were standout experiences or challenges that you have now been able to reflect on because the album is written and in the can. And I'm just wondering if there's anything like that, that you've reflected upon since then that you'd be willing to share.
0: Challenges that I had in making the record.
3: Yeah. Just like anything that came up, like, wow, for some reason, this song just, we knew it was there. We just, it, we didn't know what it was missing. And then all of a sudden, like someone came in and played a trombone on it and that was it. And we just couldn't Mm -hmm. figure it out.
0: Um, there are a million things like that in, in this record, just because there was two albums that I made um one was the live version of this, and one was the studio version and there were a million <laughs> things to learn and and unlearn and all those things. But I would say the biggest growth I have had in making this record was um And it's kind of corny because it's also kind of related to the title of the record, but that, you know, every question that I have is valid and that every question that I have, anyone who I'm in the room with that I think is maybe smarter than me, um, they've also had that question at some point in their life. Um, And they also, at some point, didn't know what they were doing. Now they know all these things, but at some point they didn't. And um, the only way that you get further ahead is just by asking a question. And if someone makes you feel stupid, that's on them. They're a yeah. jerk. But you don't have to make yourself feel stupid. You don't have to feel stupid for not knowing something. And um, and that's kind of a uh, a general, or, or I guess like, I just had to continually um, say, I don't like this. Can we try this? Hmm. Mm, why don't we try this? And and it sounds so simple and obvious and kind of stupid, I guess, for me to say. But when you're constantly surrounded by people, um, when you're spending a fortune, when you're um, constantly having to make decisions that are kind of, of no consequence. It's like, yeah. we put the EQ of three <laughs> in there and then will they hear the snare tone? If I tell you know, it's like, no one's going to know this. No one cares. It matters so much to me in that moment, whether or not we do the thing that I think we should. And, um, it's my project. It's my whole heart. It's this thing that I've been carrying around for years. It's, um, when someone says, what do you do? That's what I do. And that's if if I do anything, it's so that I can share that. Yeah. Um, and so the whole, the whole doubt the the imposter syndrome, all that stuff, all the, I probably sound stupid or, or, um, I'm, I'm changing my mind too much or, or I didn't hear this correctly. Like all these kinds of things that you think about yourself, out it's like not helpful it's just not helpful yeah and um and there are so many people in my life well there are a few people in my life who have really encouraged me always that I know what I'm I know what I'm doing at least with my own music mm-hmm. so it's like I'm I'm the person who who carried and brought it here and said let's do this so I more than anyone have the right to uh, least just speak my thoughts about it. And that's been a challenge for me in my life. And in this process, it really pushed me to go further with just speaking my mind and, um, and not have it be such a big thing that it's just saying what you think.
3: Yeah. And it's not an attack to be like, we need to do that again. And I need you to change that baseline. Yeah. It's not an attack. It's just that didn't fit in my head and it didn't ring through my ear very nicely. Yeah. I think that's the hard part about trying to give like constructive criticism or I've got this particular vision. You just, you know, you're obviously a very nice person. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but you also want to get what you want out yeah. of the, out of the song. About,
0: yeah, exactly. It's not about feelings necessarily.
3: It's I think just... something that I read a long time ago that musicians, um, tend to think about more than people who aren't musicians but listen to music is it's not about the p- people playing on it necessarily it's just all about the song you just got to do what's best for the song yeah although
0: I, people have different opinions about what's best for the song
3: <laughs> well that's true but then that becomes like the conversation of like no this is my album these are my songs like yeah. I, you maybe you are right and maybe in the end you'll prove to be right but yeah it's mine. And this is what I want to do. And I, I commend you for like getting to that level of having no being open enough to say that, because I don't think that that's easy. And what I can tell is that you kicked ass. These songs all rock and I'm so thankful for your time and just to share some of your experiences and, and knowledge with me and the listeners. And, um, April 8th, everybody mark your calendar, buy it. The effort's paid off. It's beautiful music. I'm so excited to that I've gotten to listen to it. I'm really excited for the release to see what that brings to you and nothing but love and success. Thank you so much, Michelle.
0: Thank you. All right, we'll see you soon.
3: Thank you so much to Michelle for coming on to the show, sharing her spirit and her music with us. That album is Just One Voice. It's coming out April 8th, so be sure to check it out. And I'd also just like to say a quick thank you to David Crosby for that phenomenal intro. Mr. Crosby, if you are ever interested in coming on and chatting about your music, I would absolutely love it. For the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Have a great day.